0: This whole basis of our hunger teaching series is understanding that your hunger will determine the direction you go. When you taste something, you want more of it. When you taste a good steak, you want some more steak. When you have a fantastic vacation, you'll want to go again. You begin to make plans for another vacation. Costa Rican friends, can you say amen? They just got back from Costa Rica. Uh, uh, You you begin to plan your lunches. You you, you plan the, the vacations, the outings. You plan all these stuff whenever you have a good time. They say that when you're on a diet, you don't go to a grocery store because the skinny you and the fat you don't like each other. They won't try to get the same things. There isn't a taste that is acquired that determines the direction that you go. The outcome of your decision was based upon a hunger for that outcome. Listen to me. Because of what you are hungry for, you make decisions that determine the directions and actions that you will take in your life. Your outcome followed suit of where of what you are hungry for. In week one of our hunger series. I have to recap since you've been gone for six years. And um, (laughs) Courtney was gone last week. And and Tim, we gotta gotta kinda do a a little bit of a recap here. Uh, We first started talking about personal holiness. Say personal holiness. We used the text Ezekiel chapter 44, and we read about the priesthood of Eli, Eli, you got to get it, and the priesthood of Zadok. The priesthood of Eli was one of self-indulgence. Sin was not disciplined, it was uh, was actually encouraged in this place. You discovered the grace of God is sufficient for you. You can still operate in your giftings as a believer, but you can only operate in your giftings for, for a particular season, and at some point, the sin in your life will find you out and bring about your downfall. Eli and his family ministered to the people, but yet chose a lifestyle of sin. God warned Eli, if he didn't turn from his sin, punishment would come to his children. They chose not to change, and both children died. In the opposite side, you have the priesthood of Zadok. Say Zadok, it's kind of fun. Zadok. Sin was purged from your life. In this place, we honor God with, uh, with our lives. As people, we choose not to live in sin. We choose to live a lifestyle of repentance. When you choose to live a life such as the priesthood of Zadok, you move from the position of being a person who talks about Jesus to the person who has been with Jesus. If you ever listen to the radio. Anybody listen to the radio? Talk shows? Yeah. I know Terrence is real big. I don't know, Tim. Real big into sports talk radios. And those radio show announcers, host announcers, they can give you crazy details about players uh we'll we'll use football for an example or baseball doesn't really matter they can tell you what college they played from the stats that they were at how many touchdowns they scored the first season they can tell you all sorts of things and it makes the game more fun because you learn more about them but does everybody know tom brady he's the one about the quarterback i know he's the quarterback for the team in florida and um one of those what's the team buccaneers tampa bay buccaneers the, the announcers tell us a lot about Tom Brady. They give us a lot of great detail about him. But let me ask you this. Do you think if we called Tom Brady's wife, she would be able to give you a whole new round of details? A whole new level of details about Tom that the announcers can't give you? Why is that? Because one only knows Tom from the surface and the other knows Tom personally. Whenever you know somebody personally, you begin to have access to things to that person that only you and she or you and he have access to because there is a personal level of establishment that has been brought forth. If I go and start talking about Tom Brady, my limited knowledge is this much. But I can go and study Tom Brady and I can know more. But I will never know as much as the one who spends their life with Tom Brady. Would you agree with me? So the one who spends their life with that person begins to know more about that person than anyone else. Are are, are, are you following me? When you walk in personal holiness, you begin to walk in the way that Jesus has called you to walk. You begin to know Jesus the way that He wants to know you. You begin to know Jesus the way that He has destined and planned for your life. Whenever you become a personal friend, there is a relationship that is established that allows you to have access to information that only is between you and Jesus. In week two we discussed that once you have come to a place where you're living a life of holiness, then you move from holiness to drawing near to God. When you draw near to God, we mentioned that when you are hungry for the Spirit of God, but you are full of the world, it becomes very hard to eat spiritual food as you are already full. We went on to talk about how as you draw near to God, it starts with personal holiness, Then out of this place you can draw near to God by first of all being set apart. Here you take on the character of God. When you set yourself apart, you position yourself in different places. There's this show on uh, TV called White Collar. Anybody ever heard that show? Yeah? Okay. That, that's like my, like, about the only TV show that's like my favorite TV show I like to watch. There's, the, basically, it's an FBI agent uh, named Peter Burke and then a con man named Neil Caffrey. And together they solve cases. Neil gets put in prison. He gets out with an anklet and he goes and helps the FBI solve cases. And uh, they have a ridiculous amount of successful rates because... Uh, the con man knows how the con man thinks, the FBI agent knows how the FBI agent thinks, and together they're able to solve these cases. Good show. Um, But you have uh, this con man and you have this FBI agent, and one day uh, in the show, uh, the con man is kind of always in and out of trouble, but he always seems to slip away from actually getting caught. And in one of the episodes, the con man asked Peter Burke, the FBI agent, what would you do if you were in my shoes? Like, how would you do this? And, and the FBI agent looked at him and, and just kind of laughed and said, "No, no, Neil, you don't understand. I would never be in your shoes. I would never be in that place to have to make that decision when you're set apart, you'll never be in the place to make that decision that others have to face. See, Dad agrees with that. He's been in Kentucky. Does that make sense? There's a decision, there's a lifestyle that you make, decisions that you make, that are hard for you and not for others. Why is it not hard for others? Because they would never allow themselves to get put in that position to begin with. Whenever you are set apart for God, You make sure you don't put yourself in positions that's going to give you the option to compromise. The second way we draw near to God is to become holy. And here you take on the nature of God. You want to please God. You want what God wants for your life. Your personal ambitions change. It's no longer about what you want. It's about what God wants through you. And then the third way we draw near to God as we read last week is you become useful to Him. You are living a lifestyle that Jesus called you to live. We we take on the person of God. There, There is an awareness in us of who Jesus is in us. I heard a pastor say the other day that God is always working, but the problem is you're not always responding to what He's doing. Whenever you are operating in this place of being useful, you're aware of where He is moving and you are responding to the movement that He is trying to make. When you draw near to God, you respond to His presence. You stir up the hunger that God has for you in your life when you draw near to God. And then finally, last week, we talked on the anointing. Anoint means to rub or to smear. And God has anointed you with the Holy Spirit. And we use the example of cologne. I can spray a mist of cologne on me, and you may or may not get a whiff of the fragrance if I were to walk by or you were to walk by. But if I took that bottle and I broke open the top of that thing and I just douse myself in it, Every one of you when you walked in the door would recognize there's a fragrance that's in this place, would you not? When you've been with Jesus, there's a fragrance about you. Whenever you're walking and you're drawing near to God, there's a fragrance of holiness about you that every person you get around begins to pick up and recognize the fragrance of God on your life. But it only comes when you've been immersed in the anointing. Smear or rub. The more of God on your life, the more people will pick up on it. It's the anointing that makes the difference. And we've talked all about it. And and, and the greater the price you are willing to pay, the greater anointing you will be able to walk in. My kids got a pool um, however long ago, and you, you guys know this as well. When you get in the pool and you get out of the pool, is there anything dry on you? No, you are completely soaked. And you get out of the pool. and ours, you have this little ladder. You go up and down, and then we have a sidewalk. And when they get out of the pool, um, even where they walk, you can see the remnants of the water that they've been in. When you've been immersed in the presence of God, when you've been immersed in the anointing of God, everywhere you walk, people will see the remnant of the anointing on your life. you've probably looked around in the auditorium and seen something out of place that's not normally in here. And I want to draw your attention to that, that above me is a shark. (laughs) Has anyone seen the shark? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. all right, Terrence, I need your help. Okay, put that shark slide up here. We're we're going to have some fun. I want to give you an illustration, some understanding of what's going on. And um, we've got a shark pinata. <laughs> Does anybody know what a pinata is? Yeah, uh, let, let's have some fun. You can let it down. You got to kind of like go like this, like a whip. Take, other way. Not, not pull it. Uh, no, don't pull it. Go up. There you go. Well, it worked. yesterday. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you got to whip it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. All right. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but we're gonna have some fun with this. We got. boo, Okay. That's that's good. That's good. All right. We. Got, Adrian, you get the bats. All right. Who wants to have a whack at this? Um, all right. Come on, Roman. You're the first one. Do we have a way to cover his face? He's got glasses on. his. right. Well. Yeah. Use the plastic one first, and aim. Hit it that way. La la. Better watch out, because I don't want you hit by candy. Eric, behind you. He'll be fine. Yeah. Hit it that way, and. Um, just don't let go of the bat, all right? Okay. All right, just don't. All right, all right, go for it. See if you can whack that. Oh. Uh, I mean, I mean, all right, but don't, don't hit him in his face. That's going to hurt him. All right, you can do it again, Terrence. All right, all right, go for that. Let's whack that sucker. Dude, it doesn't take all day to whack that sucker. Whoa. Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on, did it do anything? No, it didn't do anything. All right, have some fun with it, Terrence. All right, whack, whack it, hit it. Come on, hit it. Come on, hit it, hit it. Come on, I don't see you doing anything. It, nothing's happening to it. Pull that thing out. See if he can, is, is it doing anything? No, just it's just rubbing off the sticker. Oh, yeah, it, it didn't do anything. Let's get that wood bat. Maybe, maybe you don't have the right tool over here. Let's see if you can get the wood bat. Let's see if you can whack that sucker with the wood bat. See if that helps. Yeah, all right, whack that sucker. Come on, come on, hit that thing. Let's see what you got. Oh, okay, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Uh oh, we got some, we got some damage. We got some damage. Oh, there it is. Very good. Let's give him a big round of applause. I didn't hear any music during that. Was the music not turned up? All right, buddy. All right. Um, now we've got a bunch of kids. You can grab something real quick. Just, you, or you can take the whole shard. He's got older brothers. He knows. It's, it's. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're just having some fun, but um, here, here's what happens. One person got up here. Roman tried to get up there. He whacked it. He hit on it. And did, did, it, did it happen the first time? Did he get that thing busted open the first time? Well, why not? He had all the tools necessary. Why didn't he do it? He didn't what, have the right one. didn't have the right one. And then we gave him the right one. Then what happened? He had to keep whacking on it. Did he hit it once, twice? Three or four times? Yeah, why? That's what encountering God is like. You're going to come up and try. You're going to say, God, I want you. And you're going to take a swing at it and nothing's going to happen. You're going to say, God, I want the anointing on my life. I want to walk in hell. I want to be set apart. And then you're going to fall right back into that sin that caused you so much grief. You're going to say, God, I want the anointing on my life. I want to carry the power. I want to be a carrier of the Spirit of God. I can't quite get there. What do you have to do? You have to keep whacking it. You have to keep going after it. You have to keep pushing at it. Just because it doesn't look like anything's happening, he hit it the first time and what started happening? It started weakening the structure of what was holding it. Then he hit it the second time. It didn't look like anything was happening, but the more he hit it, the more things were going on behind the scenes that you couldn't tell. The weakening of the structure was taking place. you got to keep going after it. you got to keep hitting it. you got to keep whacking it. And then here's the great thing about it. Whenever he whacked it, He wasn't the only one that got blessed by it. Because here after service, you all get to come up and pick up a little bit of candy. (laughs) Hold on. When the anointing is on your life, it's not there for you, it's there for everyone else. Whenever you pay the price for the greater anointing on your life, you begin to realize you keep pressing in. You keep pushing in. You keep whacking it. You keep walking in the hole. You keep going after it. And all of a sudden, you get it. Your breakthrough happens. And then the remnants of what is left is for everybody else in the room. He did all the work. You still get blessed. I don't know if you're following me. Once, once you smash it, everyone benefits from it. Once you smash the call of God on your life, everyone benefits from it. Once you smash the idea of walking in holiness, being set apart, everyone benefits from it. It's not just you. The price that you're willing to pay to walk in greater measure of anointing the greater the level of impact you can make in others, the greater level of power upon your life, the greater level of influence that you have. I want to show you a clip really quick. Make sure the volume's turned up this time please. I want I want you to look at something real quick. I'm only showing you 30 seconds of this. Mom's going to get mad. She doesn't know I'm showing this. This was uh, Thursday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, this last week. There's, okay, that's that's it. There's hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people there. Turn it off, please. Why did I show you that? Because when one person gets access to the anointing, everybody else benefits from it. The price that you're willing to pay is not for you, it's for others. Mom, I can't tell you how many hours that she and Dad spend in prayer, in worship. It's not one or two hours a day. It's eight, ten, twelve hours a day. They walk into a meeting with a thousand people. I didn't even show you the good parts. I showed you the slowest part of it. Miracle after miracle after miracles took place. Because one person said, I'm willing to pay the price. It's time for you to have an encounter with God. God. It's time for you to understand that you are a carrier of the presence of God. But sometimes it feels like God's not close. Have you ever been there? You ever been like, God, I know you're real, but it doesn't seem like you're there? Let's look in your notes. Let's, let's start going through this. Psalms 139 says, Where shall I go from your spirit, or where, where should I flee from your presence? It's an easy verse to quote, but it seems harder verse to talk about it when we talk about the manifestation of God. It says that God, You're always with us. But I'm willing to bet if I went around and asked you individually when you're not standing in front of a group that I could say, do you feel times that God's not near? And more than likely, every one of us would say yes. But how is that possible when the Word of God says in Matthew 28, I will be with you every day of your life? How is it possible to not be near to God when God's Word says He is near? First Chronicles For the Lord God, even my God is with you. That's the underlying part in bold. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Here it is again. We read, God is with us. But how come it seems that there are times that God isn't near us? You all know by now, I've been doing this for four months. I like to be raw. I like to tell you how it is. Tell you what it is. And um, if you get mad at me, you get mad at me. So how can you be in God's presence but at the same time be distant from God? Have you ever wondered that? Let's fill out some blanks. The presence of God is shown in three distinct patterns. Number one, all these are going to be on the screen if you don't know how to spell them. The indwelling of the presence of God. You've got to understand How the presence of God operates. Number one, the indwelling of the presence of God. This happens at salvation. We touched on it last week, so I won't go all into it. Um, But the, the indwelling of the presence of God is expressed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. The second way the presence of God is shown is, number two, write down the omnipresence of God. This happens all the time. God is everywhere. This is the expression of the Father. And then number three, we have the number three, the manifest presence of God. This is the presence of God that you tangibly feel something. This is the expression of Jesus. So when we read in the Bible that God is always with us but He doesn't seem to be near there are times when I'm like, God uh, are you even on the same planet that I'm at? Maybe you've been the same place uh, that I have been. It is not the indwelling because the Holy Spirit is always in you. It's not the omnipresence because God is everywhere. You are missing out on the manifest presence of god that causes you to be distant from god david talks about this in psalms 42 you can go look about it you can go read it later but what happened was david got into sin and the further the sin that david got into the more the manifest presence of god began to distance himself from david did god distance himself from david God is everywhere. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. But the manifest presence of God, the manifested presence of God, begin to wane. Every day we live our lives. We make choices. Some of those choices separate us from the presence of God. Listen, I'm not saying it doesn't separate you from the love of God. It doesn't separate you from salvation. So don't read too much into that. But it does separate you from the manifested presence of God. If you want to experience God, the, if you want to experience the manifested presence of God, how, may, how many of you want that? Yeah? Yeah. I, I want to give you, Mom, you come to the piano. I, I want to give you a, a quick road map how you can experience the I'm talking, the manifested presence of God. The, the, when, whenever we were up here at pre-service prayer, I could, the anointing was already in. I could feel it on my hands. I, I, I'm talking the manifested, not not God being near, not, not the, the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. I'm talking about the tangible raw power of the Holy Spirit that we need to have when it comes to us having a hunger for an encounter with God. If you want to encounter the presence of God, number one, write down, acknowledge His awareness. In in this place, write down, you repent of your sins. 1 Corinthians on the back of your outline says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. In this place, you are aware that God is holy and your sin is what separates you from the manifested presence of God. It does not separate you from God. It, It separates you from the manifested presence of God. Number two, to experience, the, it, have an encounter, to experience the presence of God, number two, write down, acknowledge with attention. In this place, you give praise to God. Psalms 19 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. If you do not have your attention on Him, how do you expect to be obedient to him? We have this dog, Maggie. And Maggie's a good dog for the most part. And the other day, um, we've got coyotes in our back field. And Maggie was outside in the back. And I didn't see it, but up over on the hill, just maybe 50 yards over there, that coyote was walking through the field. And Maggie saw that thing. And that gum dog, normally she's pretty obedient. But that gum dog, she, she saw that coyote and she took off running. Full blast. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I can't shoot him because I'll miss and hit my dog. I'm not a very good aim. So like, what do I, I'm, I'm yelling, Maggie, Maggie. She's just, I am not even in her peripheral vision, sight, ear, nothing. There, there is nothing that I can do to get her attention. All focus is on that coyote. She is running as fast and as hard as she can. When you get focused on the wrong thing, you can't hear the voice of truth in your life. I was the only one that could save her from that coyote. But because she was focused on the wrong thing, she never heard my voice. Whenever you don't put your attention on God, you don't hear the voice of God in your life for the direction that He's calling you to go so if you want to experience the presence of God your attention has to be on him I said while ago God is always speaking but you're not always listening it's because your attention is not on him number three if you want to experience the presence of God write down number three acknowledge my action in this place write down you wait Upon the Lord. Isaiah 40 in your notes says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Psalms 130 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. In his word, I hope my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. A watchman is the person in the Bible days that would be standing guard at the gate to make sure intruders wouldn't come in. He would stand there all day waiting to keep the place safe. How do you experience the presence of God? Be willing to wait all day. I'm not talking about just little... Ooh, I think I feel God I'm talking the manifested presence of God next week we're going to talk on how to abide in the presence I'm going to be very very practical It's going to be, it's, I've already written this great message but here you wait on God and there's three different realms that we walk through when it comes to waiting on God demonstrated by the tabernacle and I want to give you just a quick oversight of it next week But on Pentecost Sunday, the encounter that they had changed them forever. You need to have an encounter with God. I'm not just talking who I think I feel, I'm talking the manifested presence of God. It's in your waiting that your attention turns to God and your awareness turns to God. Psalms 42 says, deep calls to deep. When you get yourself to a place of the presence of God manifesting in your life, the things that once fed your hunger will no longer satisfy you. You begin to hunger for the deepness of the dwelling place of God. And there you encounter his presence. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com, to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in. And we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.